It's the Dogcast, episode number 168. Dogs stop the Vols and finish off Phil Fulmer, Okay, dog fans, this is the Dogcast. It's your episode number 168, your million-watt global flamethrower of bulldog news. Coming to you live from the bunker, this is the post-game show after a big win. Dogs win 26, was it 26-14, 26, I don't even know what the score was, old dog. 26-14, to because yeah. a friend of mine uh, bought the line down from 12.5 to 12, and Ended up looking like a champion. It may a friend of yours, huh? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I, I tell you, dog fans, you know there was a lot. There's a lot to talk about after this win. First of all, old dog, it's a good game. I mean, we won the game. Anytime it, you win, it's good. That's right. And this will go down. This victory should rank right up there with our victory over Georgia Southern and uh, whatever Michigan or directional school we beat. Yeah, I mean, if you don't think winning in SEC is good, ask Tennessee how much they want to win in the SEC. They don't have any wins in the SEC. You've got the wheels coming off of Auburn. You've got uh, Vanderbilt going down to Mississippi State. And losing. Losing to Mississippi State. I mean, and that's actually bad for us. I tried to explain to like three different fans yesterday why that's a bad thing for us. Nobody gets that. But um, Dogcast listeners understand why that's a bad thing, though, intuitively. Because we're the intelligentsia. Exactly. We are the Dog Nation intelligentsia. We are the upper crust of dog fans. That's right. And that's why no Dogcast listeners right now are thumping their chest saying we're great. Exactly. Exactly. Because if you listen to the Dogcast, you already know what's coming. Because we're going to talk about this game in sober terms. We're not going to be like Lauren Smith with a mouthful of whatever he has down in the locker room talking about what a commanding performance it was. In fact, old dog, I want to lead off with something because I think the Atlanta Constitution might have swerved into something really smart. Without well, before, being... you, before you get to that, let, well, me, let me throw out one thing here. Go. Got to compliment a former Georgia player, Will Muschamp. And do you know he won two big things yesterday? Not only was he the defensive coordinator for the victorious Texas Longhorns with a big win over Oklahoma, and hats off to Will. But I also understand that Muschamp and Bobo talk a lot, and apparently Mike Bobo bet Will Muschamp (laughs) that against Tennessee he would be able to hit a fade route. And Lord knows we tried it numerous times, and it never worked. So not only did Will Muschamp beat the University of Oklahoma, he also won his bet with Mike Bobo saying that we would never be able to hit a fade route against Tennessee, and damn if he wasn't right. But it certainly wasn't for the lack of trying. Wait a second. Didn't we throw 20 of those things? (laughs) 
So, so you're breaking this because I think this is inside information. It you're is. going public with the fact that Bobo had a bet, and that's why he threw twenty. Mike Bobo fade told Will Muscamp, "I don't care how many damn times we got to throw it, we're gonna hit it." <laughs> God Almighty! We threw fades to the left, fades to the right. The we bad thing was right. though, when we threw a fade to the left, the receiver was going right, <laughs> and vice versa. Mo Mass is going this way. A.J. Green's going that way. D'Amico Goodman turns. To, I mean, it was, I'm telling you, these fade routes were a disaster. <laughs> it was. It was ineptitude at its best. Oh, man. I tell you, we've got a lot to talk about today, dogs. We're going to talk about the, We're going to talk about those fade routes. We're going to talk about that little 360, uh, I don't know, I'm calling it the pirouette screen. The thing where he spins around with his back to the receiver and then spins around and throws that screen just to a spot without looking. Just throw it over there and just... And just Let's just hope the receiver's there. Let's hope there's not a defender standing in the way because we're just going to turn and throw it, you know? We threw about 20 of those as well yesterday, and I got sick and tired of seeing that damn crap. But anyway, dog fans, it was a great game. We did get a win. We won 26-14. to We got about 10,000 yards in total offense. The Constitution said that we had a season-defining drive, old dog. They said that 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 17 play 11 minute drive to close the game was the kind of drive that championship teams get and need. You know, a season defining drive. And I think they swerved into something pretty smart here because I believe they were right. That is a season defining drive for the Bulldogs. 17 but, plays, 11 minutes, partially blocked field goal for three points. Yeah, that pretty I much sums that game up, doesn't it? It it really does. Uh, and again, I don't think the Journal Constitution was angling it for that, but that pretty much sums up the entire game. And, and you so know, far, we, sums up our season, I think. Right, and we did. You're right. We ran up a lot of yards, a lot of stats, all that stuff. Unfortunately, hardly any of it was once we got inside the Tennessee 20-yard line. Well, you know, old dog, I'm famous for taking notes dog fans if you want to know how geeky i am how much how dedicated i am to you guys during the game i'm that i actually am taking notes during the game on a little notepad that that's how dorky i am yeah really um during the game yesterday old dog the biggest note it, i underlined it like 50 times circled it started it, wrote it down we are not good when it counts on offense or defense no and that, really, that's it. We are hell. When we need 17 plays, 11 minutes, we can get it. We can get it. When we're on the two-yard line and we have to score, we're field goal. When we're on the 20-yard line and we have to stop somebody, and Brian Evans is wandering around on the backfield back there, and if you need to score, you throw it at Brian Evans. Yeah. When we absolutely have to have it, I think we're just not there yet on offense or defense. And that pretty much just sums up our season so far. It, yeah, you're you're right. It really does. And I mean, you know, we were in the red zone seven times, came away with two touchdowns, three field goals, and two interceptions. Man, that's just not good enough against a team that's really not good. No, I mean, this is a team that was barely hanging on against Northern Illinois. 
Yeah, and don't tell me about their defense either. You're going to have a lot of listeners out there saying, well, they've got a top-shelf defense, top-shelf SEC defense. Let me tell you something. Late in that game, their defense was on the field. Do you know what the freaking time of possession in that game was, old dog? It was ridiculous, man. I think the total time of possession, it was damn near 45 to 15, you know? I mean, they had the ball for about 16, 17 minutes out of the whole game. So that defense was worn slap out and still was able to stop us from getting a daggum field goal. I mean, getting a touchdown. Um, whether it's our play calling or whatever, you know, when we have to have it, we're just not getting it done. No, we're not. And, you know, I the I thought really the, the play calling for the most part, especially inside the red zone, was horrible. Well, you know, between the fade routes and the pirouette screen and, uh, you know, we, we threw it when we needed to run it and we ran it when we needed to throw it. Yeah. And, um, I, just, know, I, just, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff I don't understand, and we really need to put a toss sweep to the wide side in our repertoire. Yeah, I know. We, we need to do it more, more I mean, often. We, we tried a couple, and it went to the, you know, when we were going to the, the short side. Mm-hmm. Mainly, and, and I guess maybe that's the Sam side. Yeah. Uh, well, and, it's not you always know, mainly the same a side, lot of times to the left side. Yeah. And maybe that is where, although Lord knows we've lost two players over there, where we thought our strength was. I really don't know, but we weren't getting much up the middle at all. And you know, we need to we need to hit the corner and we need to hit it hard. And nothing nothing helps you do that than a toss sweep. Well, you know. Just in other thoughts, I mean, I, you know, I want to talk about the game a little bit more, too. We did, I mean, we had 29 first downs to their 10. We had 148 yards rushing to their 1. And, you know, we only had two penalties in the first half. And this was a game that was officiated, you know, the referee was everybody's favorite, every Georgia fan's favorite referee, Penn Wagers, was yeah. ref in this game, which is undoubtedly the single most – this Penn Wagers hates the Bulldogs like Steve Spurrier hates the Bulldogs, okay? And we only had two penalties in the first half. You know, Tennessee had a lot of penalties. There were things that we did better in this game. But, um, you know, I, I tell you, the two penalties, the long drives, I like Momass coming back. How about Momass getting damn near knocked out and oh, coming man. back to catch that to catch yep. that little fade route that was on his shoes laces and then to catch a touchdown later in the game, you know? Momass had a great game, had a he really did. great game. And was real enthusiastic. I mean, hell, they damn near knocked Noshan out, too. I know, But man. he came back in. I mean, it was a hard-hitting game. It really no was. No doubt about that. But you just kind of left the stadium feeling blah. Yeah. You know, Stafford, 310 yards passing, dude. I First love that. First time ever. First time ever. A kid who, you know, is universally regarded as the number one or number two quarterback in the most – the toughest league in the land. First time ever he goes over 300 yards. I was really glad to see that. I was really yeah. proud of him. Um, you know, I make, uh, I mean, AJ, <laughs> how bad does AJ Green want that pass back, man? That over the oh. middle. Could, I mean, you know, I like AJ Green and I think he's going to be a great receiver. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, that was a big drop and, you know, it cost us four points right there. Yeah. Um, AJ's pretty reliable, though. I'm not going to hold that against him. I know he's going to pay me back on that. Right, but that's, I mean, we're not going to be able to do that against the the LSUs, the Floridas, uh, you know, coming up. I know. You know, um, other things I want to talk about. 
bad. I mean, you know, we had a couple of end zone kicks. To, you know, we had a couple of end zone kicks. Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, we had some end zone kicks. We kicked it deep. Very seldom did we do that little kind of pooch kick yeah. thing, you know, where we kick it to the 25 or 30 and let them bring it out to the 50. Right. So, I mean, I was generally happier. I was happier with penalties. I was happier with kickoffs and kick coverage, you know? Yeah. And um, who can fault our field goal kicking? No. Man, Blair Walsh, maybe the kick of his career, you know, to put us up by two scores, the next to last field goal, not the one at the end of the big long drive, but the second to last, the yeah. one he kicked to the start the field goal. Blocked. Yeah, the one that didn't get blocked. You know, that's pretty much the most important kick of his career so far. Yeah. And uh, the kid drilled it. I mean, look at Suck Up. You got Suck Up up at, uh, up at Carolina playing in Kentucky. They think he's the best kicker in the SEC. He misses four yesterday. Yeah. You know, you know and, and speaking of that, which, you know, we can never, ever not take a shot at South Carolina fans. Last week, damn Smelly was the savior, the greatest thing in the world. Definite now, starter. A, he was forever. he was the man forever because they're going they're going to win the rest and you know hit a big bowl and now he ain't worth a crap and Stephen Garcia is the boy. We never want to see Spinley again on the field ever no. again. The only thing he needs to be doing is is fanning Stephen Garcia when he comes off the cooling Because that boy is hot as a firecracker. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm telling you what, man. I don't even want to get into it, but and, uh, and the, bless all hope, Tommy Beecher plays a great game against LSU next week. <laughs> okay, let's talk. Here's one thing too. I just want to talk about this. Let's talk for two seconds about Aaron White, number eighty-one. Supposedly, possibly our first string tight end next week. We're still waiting word. Bruce Figgins had a pretty good game. Played a lot of plays yesterday. You know, his shoulders hurt. I didn't see that his shoulder was bothering him. He certainly he didn't catch any balls yesterday. But, um, you know, I don't know what the story is yet on Bruce Figgins. But Aaron White, man, that kid is so skinny. He yeah. is the tiniest, skinniest. I'm just saying, look, Aaron White could be a great tight end someday. But that kid, he looks like my 13-year-old right now. I mean, he is tiny. How can he possibly be the starting tight end for the University of Georgia? He's listed at 225. If that kid, he don't weigh 195. I was going to say, that's with with two 20-pound plates in his hands. (laughs) He might be 225 with all his pads and maybe with Noshon standing on the scale behind him. That kid, he is, I'm telling you, he is tiny. He He is. is tiny. God almighty, I can't imagine that kid being protecting our rights, you know, our side. I, just, I can't imagine him doing our outside blocking. No. Um, I just had to get that in. And yeah. I also want to congratulate Sean Chompas. Sean Chompas had a great game yesterday. Huge game. Sutherland, I know you got some good things to say about Sutherland. How did you feel about Sutherland coming in, the few plays that he got, man? Love to see it. It just made me feel good that he was back. He's kind of like my security blanket. You got it, buddy. He comes in, he's a captain. He gets a score, scores a touchdown. Yeah. But we didn't see much of him. Definitely, Sean Chompas was carrying the load yesterday. And uh, Chompas well, even, we, he got the attention of the showbiz wife. Showbiz wife says, Sean Chompas is better a watch great, out. he's a great fullback. Well, and he is. And, I mean, we have, we've got some good ones. And, you know, Sutherland hadn't been able to practice for a while. He may not have been totally in game shape, but it's just good to have him back. And, uh, you know, Chompas has been 
been playing well and certainly deserves to play in time. And I was glad to see, for the first time in a long time, we finally utilized the fullback a little bit and started throwing that little pass that was so effective last year throwing to Sutherland. Man, yeah. Uh, you know, Chomp has turned a couple of those into some pretty good games and had that kind of nice little barrel roll thing. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't able to hurdle because he's, he's a fullback, but he did kind of do that barrel roll over that guy. Absolutely, man. little somersault thing or whatever. I tell you, and Chomp you know, he had, uh, that was a 37-yard run he did down the sideline. I mean, and that is, that's the Brandon Sutherland special. You know, get the yeah. fullback in the flat with two leads blockers and just run that little uh you know just a little bum rush down the sideline man i love that thing um but and uh, i I tell you what speaking of backs and blocking and stuff there was one play and i can't remember who who it was from tennessee but came back and no sean put (laughs) a little chip block on that guy and just knocked that guy flat he didn't know what had hit him Man, I'm telling you, I know the play you're talking about. We were in the red zone, and I tell you, I want to talk about that because that's one of the other notes I made on my little chart yesterday. And I know I have said this till I'm blue in the face and I'm beating a dead horse here. Use any cliche you want. But I'm telling you, no Sean Moreno, for as great a running back as he is, he is at least as important when he is not carrying the ball as he is when he does have the ball. And for all you young dogs out there, you young pups that are coming up that want to be players, whether you, if you want to be a ball handler, whether you want to be a receiver or a quarterback or a running back, but especially receivers and running backs, a lot of people don't appreciate old dog, as I know you do. Receivers are at least half about blocking. It's just not about what you do when you have the ball. A lot of guys can catch the ball and do great things. It's the things you do away from the play when nobody else is looking. And I'm telling you, Noshawn Moreno, he works so hard on the field when he doesn't have the ball. I'm telling you, that kid is just number one in my program. Whether he's, a team, he's a total team player. Dancing in the huddle, dancing on the sidelines, pulling guys up from the pile, doing chip blocks that just level linebackers, man. You yeah. call that – he put a little chip block. You could call it that. I'm telling you, all I know is they call it a pancake when they watch film. Yeah, you're he right. He pancaked a guy, man, with nothing but his left shoulder. Yeah. Man, I love that kid, Sean Moreno. He is such a – such a player, such really a football is. player's player. But um, let's get right. back to the game, and probably the biggest thing that happened is we lost. I don't know what it is about left tackle this year, but we lost another one. Vince Vance out, out for the season. For the season. Oh, man. I mean, you know, with all the ill trouble we have been having on the offensive line, to lose another guy for the season is is tough and i mean congratulations to clint bowling though i mean he moved over there and from what i could tell just did an admirable job uh there in the second half he, you know anchoring was, that thing down yeah uh, perfectly it, serviceable perfectly yeah. as good as you could expect for a kid that had no preparation in that position i mean he played his tail off and pretty much got the job done you know he really did. I mean, you know, it's it's just rough. I mean, you looked over at me at one point and said, you know, we've got five guys out there, and four of them are either freshmen or redshirt freshmen. Man. You know, 
<laughs> and you it just it just continues to get worse and worse, really, on both lines of scrimmage. And, you know, I had this guy sitting behind us. You know, we had some guys sitting behind us. Shout out to the boys, Section 107, Row 11. Those guys are sitting behind us last night. And he says, why is it that it seems like every year, every year, we're talking about all these freshmen we have on offensive linemen? You know, why can't we have a bunch of juniors and seniors on offensive line? It just seems like we're just always full of freshmen on offensive line. But, um, yeah, well, Vince Vance. The, the answer is real easy. Neil Calloway. Well, I know, I know. We're still working on that. But, you know, basically Vance marks our third player to play left tackle this year and go out of it. You know, you yeah. had Trent Sturdivant, Keontae Tripp's in, Keontae Tripp's out, Vince Vance is in, now Vince Vance is out. And I tell you, old dog, we allude, we talked about this last week. Do you have any new news about Keontae Tripp? The only thing I can tell you <laughs> is 24 is starting in January, which means that Jack Bauer has some free time, and I have got him on top of finding out what this Keontae Tripp thing is all about. Because that guy went, in in a period of like two or three weeks, he went from being our second best lineman, and we're going to move him over to anchor the left side to the third string tight end. Right, and even after Vince Vance went down and Coach Rick says, you know, Vance is out for the year, you hate to see it, and Lauren Smith says, well, you know, are you going to bring Keontae Tripp back? Because, you know, he's played that position, Coach Rick. He's a qualified left tackle. Or are you going to put somebody who's never played in there? And Coach Rick goes, eh, you know, I, I don't – I mean, he's basically saying without saying as much – no, Keontae Tripp not coming back to left tackle. Yeah, Ke- you're right. Keontae Tripp, man, somehow we need somebody to find out. But this kid is in the doghouse, and I don't know why, but he is definitely in the doghouse. So another left tackle out for the season. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of that, and I know we're getting further and further from the game, but speaking of being in and out of the doghouse, you remember this summer we had the pregnant woman touching incident? Yes, Charges have been dropped. Wow. Yeah. Pregnant mama, my baby's mama, pregnant baby bet touching, charges dropped. Charges dropped. You know what? You keep saying we're getting away from the game, but I think this is the kind of stuff that Dogcast Nation comes to us for. They come to us for things like this. You mentioned Will Muschamp. I'm telling you, you heard it here first. Will Muschamp, he's at the top of the wish list for the Clemson Tiger job. How about well, that? He ought to be at the top of the wish list for defensive coordinator at the University of Georgia. Yeah, he ought to be. You're right about that, but that ain't going to happen. Will no. Muschamp has eclipsed the defensive coordinator job. You know, yeah, He definitely has, and his his next job is going to be head coach yeah. somewhere. Yeah, they're, they're t- they like Bobby Johnson from, from uh, Vanderbilt because he's a Clemson guy, but uh, he's too old. Word on the street, Will Muschamp, top candidate for the Clemson job after Tommy Bowden is assassinated here in about five weeks. <laughs> But um, anyway, back to the game. We're, we're yeah. starting to go negative now. We're starting to get to the bad parts. We've covered all of our Bulldogs. We talked about all the good performances. We talked about Vince Vance going out. Now let's talk about, I don't know. Uh, Maybe miserable play calling inside the red zone. We could do that. Yeah, let's do that first. Let's talk about miserable play calling. Fade routes. What yeah. was up with our receivers Turning the wrong way, not even knowing where the ball was going. And what is up in continually continually trying to throw it? You know, I mean, 
what the definition is we said earlier of insanity yeah. is is doing the same thing over and God over again mind. and expecting a different consequence. Doing it two, three plays in a row, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was like, I, I'm telling you, they're really someone got a burr under Mike Bobo's saddle and said, you can't hit a fade route. And he said, by God, I am. Bet no you matter I can't what. hit a fade route. <laughs> of course, he did not hit the fade no, route. No, he did ever. not. He lost that bet. Um, and, you know, the little pirouette screen. I tell you what, yeah. man, we threw that play. I don't know how many times they threw that play yesterday, but it, it was it was a lot too many. I can tell it you was. that. Um, we had 25 but, uh, completions yesterday, and damn yeah. near half of them had to be that screen. But along with that, uh, really, I think probably the most disheartening thing is the lack of firepower we've got off of the offensive line once we're inside the red zone. Mm-hmm. We should have been able to have punched some of those in. How and, can you drive? And we weren't. I mean, you know, now hats off to the offensive line and to Mike Bobo. Masterful drive at the end of the first half. Yeah. 97 yards and two minutes for a touchdown. I liked everything I saw on that drive. But I'm telling you, you've got to be more consistent if you're going to beat LSU and Florida and Auburn. I mean, you know, you're going to have, well, you're going to have to be better. Well, maybe not Auburn. Well, yeah, maybe not Auburn. But you are, you're going to have to do better than that. You're really going to have to do better than that. Um, man, I'm, my ADD's all over the place. How about damn? How about Georgia Tech squeaking out a three-point win against Gardner-Webb? You just don't ever know. You just don't ever know. We're going to talk about what we learned in just a second. Yeah. More negativity. How bad can Brian Evans be, old dog? Can I, he get worse? I can't imagine it. But I'm sure he can. And Prince Miller, I, I love him. He's one of my favorite players from Duncan, South Carolina. But he couldn't cover my mother with a blanket. Great, great punt returner. Great punt returner. But I'm telling you, when you need to get yards against the Bulldogs, you go to the air. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, if and your you quarterback look, gets the ball there. And you try to find where Brian Evans is, and if he's not there, you look over and find Prince Miller. Exactly. Or throw and, deep against C.J. Bird or Rashad Jones. Or, or Asher Allen. Just, or, yeah. Really any of them. I mean, uh, Asher and, Allen and had some nice good coverage is, yesterday. nice thing is, you know when you drop back as a quarterback, you're going to have all day to throw it to because <laughs> we can't mount a pass rush to save our life. Uh, we still got problems on defense, dog fans. I'm telling you. you we saw have the game. got we – can, we can stop the run probably against anybody. Yeah. But – I tell you, we are sorely, sorely lacking against the passing game, and I really don't see it getting any better. Nobody can run on us, and everybody can pass on us. And, dog fans, here's what me and Old Dog were talking about last night in the bunker. You know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, Old Dog. Stop me if you don't want to talk about this. But I'm telling you, as much as I hate to say it, Urban Meyer has been burning some midnight oil since that Mississippi game. And I think he's figured out that we've figured out that you can't run Tebow 30 times a game up the middle. Right. And Tebow is standing up and delivering the ball now. And he's just, you know, like you said, he's an average quarterback. And uh, I'm telling you, we're going to have a problem with Florida. If Florida plays. What what were you saying about Florida and LSU last night and and our future against Florida? Well, I mean, in looking at it, I think we've got a good chance against LSU because they really do not have a quarterback. Yes. That I mean the you know, the second half of the game that we were able to see, that kid looked like a deer caught in the headlights. Yes. And then, 
you know, if he's not in, they bring in their, quote, running quarterback. Yeah. Well, you know, that's going to be okay. Cause, the kid from Harvard. <laughs> yeah, because I really don't think, well, the Harvard guy's the throwing quarterback. Oh, I get them uh, mixed up. They, they, they both the suck. But, you know, it's – but I tell you what, our weakness with our defensive backs is, A, stopping the pass, and then, B, tackling somebody after they've caught the pass. And those receivers that Florida has are fast and a little bit elusive. And it is going to be, you know, unless we get a whole lot better, we're looking at a nightmare in Jacksonville. I got to tell you, I agree with you. Because I'm telling you, you know, I've called him a one-trick pony. Now, I think Tebow has been a one-trick pony. But if uh, Urban Meyer starts standing him up in the pocket and just letting him throw it, like you said, he's an average quarterback. But all you got to be is average. To, yep. to throw it against us, you know, and uh, they they may score a damn hundred points on us if we don't do something different. If we don't start getting some pressure, I, I don't know, man. I don't we're going to have a yeah, tough right. row in that day on Florida game. Buddy. And you know, the problem is though with with what they were doing against LSU, pressure really isn't going to help because they were quick throws and so many of those yards are yards after after the, the catch. catch. Yeah, you know, with that, I mean, there were a couple little freakish plays on down, but I mean, they're relying on speed and the guy and some blocking and the guy miss, you know, being able to elude a tackler. And, uh, you know, our defensive backs, along with not being able to cover anybody, are not the best tacklers either. You know, Asher Allen had some good covers yesterday and had some good open field tackles. But in general, we're just weak across the back. Yeah. I mean, Rashad Jones, let me tell you something. Rashad Jones is a great tackler, too. I mean, he did have some good – but he's a good tackler up on the line, you know, and run support. Downfield, crossing routes and stuff gets a little hazy there, you know. Yeah. Gets a little hazy. But um, anyway, I mean, that's pretty much – you know, that's it from the Tennessee game. I mean, one by 12. We outgained them three to one. First downs, three to one. And um, – Win by twelve. All around, I, pretty frustrating game. I gotta yeah, tell you. Yeah, I, I guess after after just a total ass whipping we took from Alabama, I was hoping for a lot more. Yeah. And uh, I basically saw the team out there that Alabama drubbed. Yeah. And we were just playing against a much lesser opponent. But I tell you that I'm, I still got my hopes up. You know, because we were weak in the Vanderbilt game after the Tennessee drubbing last year. So I mean. You never know. Here's the thing I've learned about this season so far, old dog, and this is what we're going to wrap the show up on, dog fans. We have learned that every team in the country has got problems, man. I mean, that's the bottom line. We got problems, too. We got problems on defense. We got problems on special teams. But you know what? Oklahoma, they ain't got no damn defense. And Florida can't get a first down against Ole Miss when they got to have it. LSU ain't got a quarterback. Uh, Missouri, they ain't got nothing going on either. Um, Texas looking pretty stout, though. Yeah, Texas. And I'll tell you, Alabama, I didn't see any any weaknesses in Alabama's game either. But um, there's a lot of teams with a lot of problems. So, I mean, we're we're no better or no worse than anybody else. We're still a work in progress. But um, like the Atlanta Constitution says, season-defining drive, 17 plays, 11 minutes, partially blocked field goal for for three points. You're right. That that is the season defining drive so far. Um so old dog, what else you want to talk about? You want to talk about Vandy? Tell us about the kickoff time. Well you know, with our semi lackluster play against Tennessee, I think coupled with Vandy's loss 
to Mississippi State and the love affair that the networks have with the OBC. Unfortunately, we have been relegated to the Raycom 12:30 kickoff next Saturday. Eesh. Yeah, that's it. That's pretty much the bomb of the barrel, and it's the bomb of the barrel for TV. It's the only thing worse is when you're on a $25 pay-per-view only. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, the, all the shine is off that Vanderbilt penny right now, and uh, definitely their drop in the polls is going to hurt our. You know, we needed them. Hell, I wanted to be a top ten team when we beat them. You know. Well, you, uh, I know. Not going to happen. No, no. It, it, I mean. If there's anybody out there that thinks that we are the caliber team that's going to be playing in the national championship game, I want to drink what you're drinking or smoke what you're smoking. <laughs> but we because can get there. I wanna, because I want to go maybe next year. No, Because old dog. I want to go to that Neverland that you're in. Listen, old dog, I keep telling you this. This is what we're going to – this is what we're going to wrap the show up on. You cannot be – listen, We were. you had the same level of negativity after the Tennessee drubbing last year. And then the Vanderbilt game. You know, we needed a fumble and an almost not fumble in the last two minutes to beat Vanderbilt. And we danced on the star. And you and I came on this show afterwards and said, how freaking awful is that? We're yeah. dancing on the star. This is the end times for Georgia football is the kind of things you were saying last year. And then we went on a roll. And then suddenly, who's this kid, Marcus Howard, who's like on fire, you know? I mean, it can happen, old dog. Don't be talking and about what this, we're going to do next kid, year. No, Sean Marino. Yeah, that is now our running back. Don't be talking about how bad things are yet. We've still got a lot of football I'm, left to play, and, and I'm not. And we are probably going to be great in the Citrus Bowl. Oh my God! When you say stuff like that, I just want to slap the crap out of you. I want to beat you down. Dog fans, i got to get off this show. That's it for the Dogcast, episode number 168. That's your tennis. I'm going to, I'm fixing to beat you up, old dog, right now. <laughs> I'm going to beat you down right here in just a minute with a plastic bottle of Captain Morgan. Dog fans, that's all we've got. 12-point victory over the Tennessee Volunteers. Krispy Kreme is dead. Long live Krispy Kreme. That's the end of Phil Fulmer. You will probably not see Phil Fulmer anymore in Knoxville or Athens. You know. No, this is this is so, the swan song. So long, Phil. So long, Phil. Um, dog fans, that's it for the show. Old dog, I'll let you close it. That's it. Uh, a win is a win. Uh, take from it what you need. Let's get ready for that big 12:30 kickoff against the mighty Commodores from Vanderbilt. We'll be back Wednesday with a with a pre pregame show on how we're going to take the doors down. Oh wait, dog fans, we're back. We're back. We're not finished yet because we wanted we got a question from a listener, and I want to address this about the polls. We didn't move in either poll. Three teams ahead of us lost, um, and we didn't move up at all. And a lot of people are upset about that. They don't know about that. They don't understand it. We're still tenth in both polls. Old no, dog. We're, 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 we're 10 in the AP, and we're 9 in the USA Today, which you're is right. just where we were. You're right. And we didn't move any polls. For those of you that worry about where you where Georgia is in the polls, y'all need to get a life. 
Telephone because, dogs. Say what you just said. Because it really, right now, it really doesn't matter where we are in the polls. Because four weeks from now, we might be in the, depending on how we do, we might be in the top three, or we might be out of the top 25, or somewhere in between. I mean, at this point, as poorly as we've played, we're still masters of our own destiny. And all we've got to do is win every game, and no telling where we'll be. Like you said, the problem is, I mean, it's about football. Football is the only thing that counts. The polls don't count. It didn't matter four weeks ago when we were ranked number one, and it don't damn matter that we're ranked number ten now. No, the only thing that really, matters... And it really didn't matter with all the bitching and moaning we did when we dropped from number one to number two after the first week when we beat Georgia Southern or Central Michigan or whatever. Yeah. I mean, because none of that made a damn when Alabama was drubbing our ass up and down the field. <laughs> the only thing that matters is the quality of the product we're putting on the field. And exactly. if we do our, we take care of business there, everything else will take care of itself. Yeah. And, and we really don't need to be worrying on a weekly basis if we moved up one spot in the poll or down one spot in the poll there you go. or any of that stuff. And the only reason we even came back to do this little segment is because I just want you guys to understand why we didn't even mention the polls on the show tonight. Because it just, polls, it just doesn't matter. If you want to be a part of the Bulldog Intelligentsia, you've got to understand that the only thing that matters is the quality of the product on the field. So there you go, dog fans. 12.30 game against Vandy, pregame show comes out Wednesday night. We'll tell you everything you need to know about Vandy and Chris Nixon and Bobby Johnson, Steve Martin lookalike. Dog fans, thanks for listening. By the way, 706-534-1516, dogcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Hey, Derek, old dog, this is Ryan and Winder. Just want to call and say I took some positives and some negatives away from the game on uh on uh, Saturday, yesterday, which is yesterday, but um, I was there. We're kind of worried about the crowd getting into it <clears throat> right before the game. Um, we went, you know, we ran through the uh, the banner, and uh, I knew it was time. Players came out excited. Fans finally got into it. Um, defense played good. Held uh, our rush defense this year so far has been very well. Our pass defense, you know, needs some work, but I saw some that uh, were thrown out there yesterday that were really good. And um, no, Sean Moreno, you know, got you know, getting three or four yards a time, but uh, still rushed for over 100 yards. Impressive uh, penalties. Um, you know, not as many yards this time, not as many kills penalties. Um, you know, maybe a few fault starts here. Uh, I know uh, Coach Mark Rick took a couple of delay of games to get his uh, better field position uh, for punts and field goals, but um, you know. I, you know Think that we only had uh, two penalties for ten yards half. And I'm sorry, in the first half quarter. Um, red, uh, negative. I took away uh, red zone trips. Um, ran the newspaper this morning. Should have had. We had seven trips to the red zone, and uh, only had 26 points. Should have had 49 points. I think Mike Bobo. I don't know what he was trying to do with that fade pattern. He kept trying to throw. I mean, he got picked off once, and that. You know, the other pass that got picked off in the red zone was that screen pass that Matthew Stafford didn't even look at. We, before he threw it, but uh, didn't get our defense down. Our defense came down, and shut down. But uh, the uh, Tennessee and the 14 points that they have, we basically gave them because they got those two 14 points off interceptions. But anyway, guys, go dogs! The uh, big week, a lot of teams losing. 
this uh, this weekend. Um, I wanted to see Florida lose LSU, but didn't happen. Uh, uh, Florida good, but they just don't have a defense. That's my opinion about Florida. But anyway, guys, uh, that's another subject. I just want to let y'all know. Um, root for the dogs. Lost my voice yesterday. But anyway, I just want to say go dogs. Derek, all dogs. Dog cast technical support outside of Rockville, Maryland. We're sitting here with a minute 40 to go in the game, thinking that the first first quarter, where the hell was this team last week? And the rest of the game, they did good to start. They, they had some miscues. They need to clean things up. They looked a lot better than they were last week. That's all I have to say. I'm glad they won. Now it's time to buckle up because Vandy ate no slouches. Enjoy it now. Buckle up for next week. It's going to be a tough ride. How about them dogs? Hey, Derek Odell. This is Ray in Valdosta. It was good to beat Tennessee finally. Uh, I want to know what you guys think about our secondary's ability to not catch passes to hit him in the hand and just dropping things they should have had. But, you know, the penalties started looking better in the beginning of the game. But uh, get back with me on that uh, no interceptions thing because there was a lot of drop interceptions today. But, uh, yeah, take it easy.